Hey friend, are you ready to become the visionary of your business? Are you ready to multiply your money to get to your first 100K or your next 100K and really discover the joys of profit? Are you ready to stabilize your systems to really take advantage of all the opportunities that are coming your way? Are you ready to hire your dream team so you can step into the role of chief visionary and finally stop being the bottleneck of your business? Are you ready to increase your confidence in your decision-making, your sales, and become recognized as a leader in your industry? Are you ready to take the vacation of your dreams, live the life that you want, all while knowing your business is running smoothly in the background? Imagine where you could be in three months, six months, or 12 months if you went all in on your business now. Would you take the leap? Take the leap, friend. Applications are now open for the Product Boss Mastermind. We're looking for serious product-based business owners who are ready to grow into six or seven figure product-based businesses. The Mastermind is designed to facilitate a breakthrough year in your business and life through coaching, connections, and true mastermind. This means you never have to make a decision alone again, and you're surrounding yourself with fellow high-level product business owners that get it, and they are taking action. So go to theproductbossmastermind.com to submit your application. Spots are very limited, and let's get started building your dream life. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, you're listening to episode 264 of the Product Boss Podcast. In this episode, we are sharing with you an interview that we had with our friend Tack Lee of the Invention Show Podcast. It was such a great interview. We wanted to share it over here on the Product Boss because Tack interviews us about entrepreneurship, the triumphs, the challenges, all the things that we've met along the way in business and in life. And you'll get to know a little bit more about myself and Jacqueline. And it's a super fun, in-depth conversation that we know that you'll love. So let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Invention Show, where entrepreneurs and authorities in the field today share their story of triumphs and challenges in both life and business. My name is Tak Lee and the host of this show. Now, today, I'm excited to be speaking with the founders and co-owners of The Product Boss, the dynamic duo of Jacqueline Snyder and Mina Kunlositep. Trendsetters and trailblazers with a passion, simply mind-changing, life-changing, and business-changing. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Jacqueline and Mina, and thanks so much for uh, being with us. Thanks thank for you for having us. us. Awesome. So I'm Jacqueline, just so everyone knows my voice, yes. and then Mina. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mina. <laughs> 
There you go. And I'm glad we got that sorted. <laughs> no, it's all good. Now, the first thing I like to ask all my guests, you know, for those who are not too familiar with yourself is, can you please give us a window into your background, who you are, and uh, what was your first job? And I guess I'll start with uh, with you, Mina. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, my background is I um, have an advertising degree as well as a minor in psychology and I have my MBA. So that's kind of my school background, but I've been an entrepreneur for a really long time. So I started out with my MBA doing graphic design and um, did that for forever for corporations. So, so I would do collateral print and annual reports, that sort of thing. And so um, I started off as a freelancer. I ended up starting my, you know, a, this a very twisty journey. And then I ended up opening or starting my own product business called Lil Labels, which is uh, waterproof labels for baby bottles and daycare and school. It's basically how you identify your children's things. And um I started that on Amazon five years ago and and took it from there just from doing that. And then Matt Jacqueline, you know, somewhere in that journey, when then we started the product boss. And so um, it is, we call it our love story kind of because we met <laughs> online and um, we're really fast friends. And we really saw this huge gap of nobody speaking to product-based business owners and the struggles that were different with that and speaking to owning a product business. And we started a podcast. And so I'll let her take it from there. But my first job was um, I detasseled corn. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's a very hard job still to this day, (laughs) decades later, it's still the hardest job I've ever had because it's, it's where you're out in the field. You wake up really early in the morning, you pull the tassels on the corn. I'm sure machines do it now. Um, but if anybody knows what that is, they know it's a very hard job. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Jacqueline? I didn't even know that about you. <laughs> there you go. Well, you would have no idea what you you could not handle detasseling. <laughs> you don't know me because I my first job was at an ice cream shop. Um, so yeah, my first official job was at an ice cream shop, and I remember they started me off at training salary at four dollars and seventy five cents until I could write on birthday cakes, and then I got ra- uh, raised to five dollars and twenty five cents. Um, so that was my first job was working in an ice cream shop. I will say it was the thinnest I ever was. Because because I didn't want to eat ice cream all day. Um, and I really learned, I did, I learned hard work. I mean, I remember them teaching yeah. me how to mop, you know, how to mop out, out of my, cause I mopped myself into a corner. So, you know, it was like life lesson lessons for a 15 yes. year old at that yeah. point. Yeah, and I was 15. So my background is I am a fashion designer by trade, um, worked at big companies as a fashion designer, and very early on was given the opportunity to start my own company at 26, where I started, founded, and co-found, or I founded Designer Consulting Co-op. So since 2007, I have been uh, helping small fashion brands launch and grow. Um, I've, I've launched over a thousand fashion brands. Um through designing for them, product development, production, helping them through sales, the whole process. So I've had this client one-on-one work for a long time since I left uh, as a fashion designer for bigger corporations. And then same thing, met Mina. Um, I was actually, I had my own product-based business called Cuffs Couture, which were wearable wrist wallets for when I used to go out dancing. And I was looking to liquidate at that point. The phones had gotten bigger. You couldn't really store your phone in your wrist wallet. And so I was like, how do I get rid of this product? And I had met 
heard of Mina through another podcast. Um, we were in a Facebook group together and I approached her and I was like, Hey, so I hear you could be an Amazon expert. How do I liquidate this product on Amazon? And she's like, you don't liquidate, you grow a brand on Amazon. And that's when we started talking and we realized our love language was business products. We knew that there were so many, um, podcasts and courses and masterminds that were really directed towards service-based businesses, but no one to product. And that's when her and I um, started teaching it. We created a mastermind and then eventually launched the Product Boss podcast. And that led us to where we are today. Awesome. Awesome. Which sort of leads me to my next uh, questions, uh, ladies. The Product Boss, you know, and the Product Boss uh, podcast, you know, fantastic platform and absolutely love how you've been able to make it specific to product-based entrepreneurs. And I must also quickly add for our listeners out there, you know, as uh, Jacqueline mentioned, the Product Boss podcast is a top-ranked uh, podcast on marketing, so be sure to check it out. And now, can you please share with our audience, you know, what is the Product Boss and, and what are your goals there? Yeah. So the the product boss is what we do is we help product-based business owners, whether they're from concept all the way through, we have, um, you know, eight figure product-based business owners that we're working with. Everybody hits some sort of bottleneck in their growth, no matter where they are. Um, and our goal is to support as many small businesses as possible and to help them grow. I mean, even our eight figure businesses, she was like, there's three people on that team. So it's still a small business. Um, we do that with helping with our podcasts, of course, and we really try and do workshop style podcasts, things that are actually helpful that they can take and, and implement and take into mm -hmm. action. We also have our masterminds and our courses. Um, and our goal ultimately is what we realize is a huge portion of our community and our students, they tend to be creatives that came upon this. Maybe they weren't planning on it being a full-time business. Maybe it was a side hustle or a creative outlet. Um, a lot of them may have started on Etsy, but they start to see that there is a business there, right? There's somebody willing to exchange money for their product, but they they haven't necessarily don't have their MBA or they haven't had experience as entrepreneurs. And no matter where they are, they're in this growth. And so our goal is to really help transform their lives and using their business as that vehicle so they can create whatever life that they want, which for each of us looks different, um, but by be becoming financially secure with a business that they've created and grown. And Mina, do you have anything to, uh, to add to that? No, I don't. I think that was perfect. No, it was. It was <laughs> thank excellent. you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks so much for that. Now, um, I want to touch on your, you know, your shot one in five pledge, you know, which I've been on. Now, to spend on small businesses with small business, especially in, I guess you say, in the current environment, I mean, any environment will surely make an impact. How did the shop One in Pledge um, start and how can people, well, go and make the pledge? Well, we really founded um, the pledge in the year of 2020 because mm -hmm. we saw so many small businesses going out of business. Yes. And we really knew that in order to make an impact, the way that we could do that was by um, putting our energy into small businesses because small businesses are the backbone of the economy. There's a reason why they're called that. It's because they are um, unparalleled when it comes to hiring, of making impacts in their local economies, which lead to their national economies, which lead to the global economy. And it really starts with small businesses. You know, the small businesses are really where, even as a government, you know, especially in the states, that when um, their stimulus or loans or anything that happens in an economy, they start at small business. That's yep. hence the backbone of the economy. 
And we really wanted to keep our small business owners that we worked with personally, as well as our whole entire committee, we wanted to help them thrive, if not just survive, but also thrive. And so we founded that on the idea of what is realistic? Uh, what can people do to support each other? So hence the one in five, right? Shopping one in five. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a pledge that is a commitment to shop one in five of your purchases to a small business. And so in order for people to sustain that, we thought, well, if you're out in your day and you make one in five of your purchases, that's 20% of your purchases to a small business. And really, we hope for more. But as we're buying gifts, as we're you know going to our local coffee shop online or offline, what can people do realistically? And, and we really uh, want to create this movement behind um, everyone taking that into their lifestyle. Yeah, no, I absolutely love the idea and, and, and know what you're saying with regards to small businesses. And yeah. I do, uh, you know, encourage everyone that's, uh, you know, listening to, uh, to go online and uh, you know, help out the small businesses. Thank now, you. No worries. Now, the next question will be interesting to see, uh, see what you guys say uh, differently, uh, Mina and Jacqueline. Business partnerships, okay, a lot work really well, you know, like, like yourself, but there are also a lot that, you know, that don't and, and fall apart. So in these times when more and more, you know, people are trying their hand on whether it be a service or product-based business in online and offline, what would you say is the key to choosing the right business partner if you do decide to go into a partnership? Funny you ask. Um, we've both <laughs> had, <laughs> we've actually both had business partners in the past, and yeah. they haven't worked out. Um, designer consulting co-op, my other business, I started it with a partner. Um, she ended up getting pregnant with her second kid, and and it did not end well. And she kind of left me with the business. That was not my goal, right? I kind of feel like I mm-hmm. fell into having my own business at a young age, um, yeah. and. Mina also had another business and a business mm-hmm. partner also didn't end well. We were all young. I mean, I th- so- it ended fine. Okay. Um, it was, she got divorced. It, you know, personally it did not end well for her. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we learned a lot. We were doing events for um, our uh, local community, doing scrapbooking events. And it was great actually, but it worked while it worked and then didn't work when her personal life changed, right? She got a divorce. She moved away. It was just really hard. But did I learn a lot? Absolutely, right? So I think um, one fun fact about us, Tack, is that um, Jacqueline and I are actually complete opposites um, okay. on the Myers-Briggs. So we do not share mm-hmm. a single letter. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful or... <laughs> or so it's a track. Yeah, yeah. Th- they do say that, right? But I do think that just us being aware that we approach things differently is what is the thing that helps our relationship. It's not the opposites or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. the awareness of that we are two different people that go through different things. We live in different locations. We offer each other a, a grace and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, like you're, we know that everybody has their bad days. So I think that really helps because as we were young, it's almost like, these expectations. But as we got older and we have our own lives, it's almost like, I totally get it. I'm there too. I have this other, everybody has their own set of life things that they go through, you know? And I think, I think that's such a point because when we both had these partnerships, we were younger and actually both of us, our partners had personal things happening in their world that ended up pulling us apart. Right. Um, And for whatever reason, there was discord. So I think when you're picking a partner, you don't, Mina and I definitely started off as a, as friends. Um, we, we spoke, but it, it, 
what we realized that we were giving, we gave back and forth to each other versus lopsided, right? Not one took more than the other. So I think if you're looking for a partnership, first it's to assess, do you really need a partner? Cause a lot of times people feel like they need a partner because they don't know enough about something. I don't think that that's true. I think that it's more of really great, strong partnerships is that you're, you've got talents in two different places and you can both bring something to the table. And exactly like what Mina said, because we're very aware of our Myers-Briggs and our Colby scores and all the things. And we're aware of kind of our personalities. Um, we, we lift each other up with the strengths that we have and we give each other grace on our hard days. And we're kind of, we're there for each other. So I think when you, when, especially women, at least for us to, in this partnership, it's really just, it's, it's giving each other that space, but also needing each other for this business. Like this business needs the both of us. And that's how we've really built it. Now take note of that one. Um, listeners gold, gold. Now with over, <laughs> With, with over 25 years of experience, you know, in the space and going back to the product boss, you know, I want to touch on product, um, I guess, validation, verification, you can call it. Now, a lot of people sort of fall in love with their ideas, but the end game is, is it going to make money? So, you know, what is the best way and, and, and what do you do to advise your students about, you know, validating their idea? So it sort of basically gives the best possible chance of, you know, a successful financial business instead of just, you know, I love my product, you go it out there, but then nobody buys it. So right. True. I'm going to hand, hand this over to Jacqueline. She very much is love startup. I mm-hmm. very much love scaling businesses. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the startup is not so fun for me, I feel like. I, I mean, this is where my zone of genius is. This is what uh-huh. I've done, you know, since 2007 is the startup. So a lot of times, and it's true, it costs a lot of money to develop. So physical product-based businesses cost money. But, you know, you could start a service-based business by, you know, throwing up a website, having an email address and letting a few people know. But a product-based business, there's investment um, and startup capital. So a lot of times I'll say minimal viable product, which is kind of what you're saying. Um, an example of one of my clients that I've worked with, she wanted to make apparel for tall women. She wanted to do everything, bathing suits, evening gowns, workout wear, you know, she, she was thinking of an entire, you know, lifestyle brand, Mm. um, but with a very limited budget. And my response to her was really narrowing it down and thinking, what do tall women need the most? Right. I, I had to ask her these questions and she said, pants. Okay. And where are you seeing the gap in pants? And she said, in activewear, it was like, it's the time of yoga apparel, you know, taking off. So activewear. So what we ended up doing is we ended up creating four different styles of leggings for tall women in activewear within her style. So it was able to be in her budget. And then she was able to test that product with a minimal viable product to her customers. She didn't blow all of her, you know, initial startup on all of the things. We call it throwing spaghetti at the wall, rather getting really niche with a minimal viable product. I would say if you have a small amount of money, you test, you go deep on, on like the core thing that you know that they need versus thinking I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make all the things. If I'm going to do jewelry, I'm going to make rings and bracelets and necklaces and, you know, all the things be known for something. And I would say another thing is um, when people, go into investment, like, or they have to invest in something like maybe a mold or manufacturing at high amounts of units. Sometimes what they can do also is test a minimal viable product through social media. So really just starting to pull together a page, like an Instagram page of, um, I don't know. Oh, I, I helped someone once with this kind of 
a little awkward and strange, but flowers, like these dried flower creations. Um, and so I said to her, I was like, okay, go ahead and start creating a social platform of flowers that you pull together from different sources, right? You start to post images, you start to gain a following of people who are really loving these flower creations you create. And once you've really grown a following, then you can switch it and sell them the product that answers what they are already telling you that they love. So if they're all following you for these like beautiful flowers, and then you say, Hey, by the way, here's a beautiful arrangement that could last forever. You might be able to sell them because you will have created a, a warm audience or a customer base that's looking for what you want. So that would be a way of doing it without actually spending money. Great tip. Love it. Love it. So uh, yeah, be sure to, uh, to check out the product boss listeners. Now, Moving on to your journey, journeys you now as entrepreneurs, uh, Mina and Jacqueline. Now, as all entrepreneurs know it, it can be a very lonely journey at times. So my question is, how do you manage risk and fear? I think you surround yourself with the, the people that have the similar risk tolerance or higher than you. <laughs> <laughs> Because when it comes, I heard somebody say something about law of exposure, right? That we, because one of your questions was, you know, earlier was, what was your, it was something like, what was your invention or your entrepreneurial experience? And for me, I've never, I I feel like I've never, I was never born an entrepreneur. I kind of developed into that. So I never identified with that word entrepreneur. But then I realized that I've really surrounded myself with people and it wasn't my family because they're not... (laughs) entrepreneurs, but it was people that had a high capacity and a high tolerance for starting from scratch and for pushing into fear, right? My family is, um, they're immigrants. They started from nothing. Um, Also, the people that I surround myself with, they really had like a really high capacity for hard work and a high capacity for taking risks in certain ways. Sometimes it was different than me, sometimes similar, but I surround myself with, oh, look at there, that woman she's creating a business, right? So inadvertently, I kind of fell into entrepreneurship, but I do think that it really does impact you and your journey, who you surround yourself with, and that your tolerance for risk goes up higher with who you surround yourself with. So if you're surrounding yourself with fellow product-based business owners and they get that struggle and it doesn't feel as lonely, you're like, oh, they have a really high tolerance. They've been through it as well. And then it doesn't make you want to quit, and I think that that's how I deal with Very it, true. knowing that I, I really am not alone. And, you know, it, it really has to do with me stepping out of my own comfort zone and reaching out to different people, right? Something that's not very innate to me is like reaching out, creating these friendships, especially a lot of people online. They're like, do can I really meet somebody online that... I can bond with. Well, obviously I met my life partner, AK business partner, right? Like (laughs) I call it my life partner, but it really is like we own a business together. Right. So I think you have to kind of make that what it is and, and push your own self out of your own comfort zone. And while it is fearful, you do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Jacqueline. Yeah. I kind of did this to Mina because she would never (laughs) intended to be a coach. Um, you know, I had asked her and I was like, Hey, we should start this. So I tend to lean on the visionary sort of 
like, like side of where I'm like big ideas. I always have a ton of ideas and what do I implement? I did come from an entrepreneurial family. I'm the oldest of five kids and four of us are entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. I think that we, we were really lucky to see those options and opportunities, but I do have a lot of fear, especially around money. I've been working through scarcity issues and I, for so long, um, because growing up in an entrepreneurial family, there are highs and lows in the, in, in the way that we, we grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something I didn't want, but I did want f- financial freedom. I did want just freedom. I'm married to an actor and his world was always changing and I wanted to be where he was locational. And so by having my own business, I found freedom in that, that I could make choices for myself. And also I didn't have a salary cap, right? It's however much I can earn ended up being how I could provide for myself. So I think with fear and a lot of times, because I do work with so many startups, I know it sounds a little morbid, but I always say to them, you know, if you were at the end of your life and you looked back, would you regret not doing this? And if the, if the answer is yeah, like, I'm not going to regret not jumping out of a plane. I'm just going to put that out there, right? Like that's not the fear. That's (laughs) not the risk I'm going to take. But starting a business or taking action on something, you know, I get it. I don't think anyone should have to mortgage their house and like, and put themselves into like dangerous situations, Uh but there are definitely ways to tiptoe into entrepreneurship and this journey, take these risks because what's the worst that's going to happen? doesn't work out. You start another business, you go get hired again. I mean, that's ultimately Mm. the worst. So, so what would you say personally, um, Jacqueline, your biggest area of growth has been? Yes. Um, I would say scarcity for sure. Mm-hmm. The my I work with a life coach and she says my brain is one of her favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as a compliment. <laughs> she says it in a way. Yeah. I'm like, I know what you're saying to me. But it's because I can hold two things at the same time where abundance, like I understand abundance and that, you know, anything is possible. Me and I talked about it yesterday where um if this didn't work, we would find another way to to make money, right? We would start another business. We could we we know how to we know how to make money, to be honest, mm. um, in so many different ways, whether it's a product business that we've had, whether it's service, starting a podcast, whatever it is. Um, but then at the same time, the scarcity level of like, it's all going to go away. And so I think what I've learned in the last, especially through COVID, because it was just such a time of self-reflection. My husband's mm. a Broadway actor. He's not working, cannot work. Mm-hmm. That it was really understanding, like looking at that and then and then seeing like actually leaning more into the abundance and not being as a knowing that I could pick myself up. So what's the worst case scenario? So I'd say growing from scarcity into abundance would be one of my biggest growth points. Powerful. And Mina? I think for me, it's definitely leadership. There's when I was growing up, it was definitely you don't lead. (laughs) (laughs) You, you know, there was like diversity, but definitely blending in assimilation and not standing out. So for me, taking the lead on something felt really uncomfortable. And so when 2020 hit, Jacqueline, I had opposite reactions. Mine was to pull back. Hers was jump right in. And so we had to balance that, right? Because it's something where it's unprecedented, unprecedented. People, you know, got really stuck in their own thoughts. And for me, I was like, okay, I need to assess. And my assessment was like, let's just take a minute. Jacqueline's assessment was there's so many people. This is another thing that I never realized was that we're very much in the the spotlight. There's lots of small businesses that were looking to us to lead the way. And I never had had that before. So I thought, okay, I can do this. I can take the lead, even though I've never wanted to or um, been taught to. 
And I ended up, you know, even with teaching, right? I always, I never thought that I was going to coach, but I actually fell in love with it. Same with podcasting, right? So it's things that you don't actually push yourself to until something crazy happens. You meet this person named Jacqueline or, you know, a pandemic hits, right? So leadership for me has been an evolving thing. I've learned to love it a lot more. But definitely it's something that isn't natural to me and that I have to offer myself a lot of, okay, Mina, you're still learning. It still feels hard, but it's okay. And kind of that self-doubt of it doesn't have to look a certain way. For me, it was like, oh, leadership looks like this. Oh, it looks like a doctor. It looks like a lawyer. You marry mm. this person. You have this degree. You, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you have the American dream. And it felt different than what I'm doing it now, but that's okay. I'm doing it in my own way and people are still, I'm still impacting people's lives in an incredible way. And Mm -hmm. it's just different than what I thought that that was like, which is better actually than that other version that I thought. That's awesome. Fascinating. Which sort of leads me to my (laughs) next, uh, next question, turning point or point, you know, when you look back at your entire life, your journey so far to date, Can you pinpoint a point that changed everything for you or is it more a collection of moments? I'd say a collection of moments. Yeah, a collection of moments. I think there's definitely uh, one of the turning points for me. My daughter had open heart surgery and I, she, we lost her for like 15 minutes where they were doing CPR. And I think for Mm -hmm. me, that was super traumatic. So when we went through COVID, it didn't feel that traumatic, to be honest. <laughs> Everybody was like, this is so scary. And I'm like, um, been through something harder. You know what I mean? Like it felt like um, every it, everybody has their own version of trauma. And there's a lot of people that have the anxiety and everything still because we're still in lockdown and yeah. everybody has, you know, fears and all these different things. And I think for me, there's been really pivotal moments where I'm like, okay, I went through something really hard. And so now I just feel less scared and I feel more abundant, I f- oh. you know? And so, and then I think the significant moments, like when you pinpoint them, it's like what I said before, it really has to do with the people that you meet in mm-hmm. your life, you know? And so putting yourself out there, you'll never meet those people when you're in a bubble. And I think that's something I've really learned is like the pivot, the pivotal moments come really with the people, and the connections. Mm-hmm. Wow, powerful, powerful. Now, you know, both of you individually, you know, obviously very successful entrepreneurs. The question is now, you know, what does success mean to you guys and, and how do you define it in both life and business? Such a great question. I used to, and you guys have heard me talk now that it was about scarcity to abundance. Yeah. I used to think it was money. I used to think it was like, if I hit this amount of money, Mm -hmm. this revenue, I pay myself X, I've made it, right? But what we realized, and it comes with kind of all of the things we've been talking about in leadership and whatnot, was the the impact. I, like the money is like sprinkles on top of the greatest Sunday you've ever eaten. But the impact to me has been the thing that has been the most significant. It's it's earth shattering. It's, I mean, I don't even know what cliches to pull, but it it touches our hearts so deeply. And we've been through a lot. I think 2020 was a time where we actually went through it with our community. We've grown our community and we doubled it last year. Um, but also just the steps we took with them and we did it together. And so when we've heard these stories of impact of how it's changed lives of, of, of people who have 
have these these pivotal moments in their lives because they've listened to the podcast or they took a course. Mean and I every time are kind of like, oh my God. <laughs> Blown away. <laughs> Did we do that? Did we say that? You know, like was it really us? You know, because um, because I think, you know, especially as podcasters, you're speaking into mics into an audience that you know is there, but you don't actually have faces to them. And then when they start to come forward and then present back, like, you know, writing us letters or letting us know what they've done, that's the stuff that I could, I never knew that I would have impact in a greater sense in this, you know, one to many sort of sense. And it has been life-changing. So I would say that that's for me. I love it. Love it. Yeah. I think it's really similar. When Jacqueline and I first started the podcast, she's actually from the Valley in California. Um, and we, she would say, I sound like a Valley girl. And I'm like, so do I. And I'm from Iowa. And so we'd be like, are two Valley girls, quote unquote, Valley girls going to make an impact? And it felt like it should look a certain way. Successful people look a certain way. And I think for me, success has definitely evolved in that way. And I really realized it was um, in the impact, but also the legacy of what I'm leaving, like with my children, right? I have two little girls, both Asian, that are just... Um, I want them to know that they don't need to be in the kitchen, just so different than what I grew up with, right? They don't have to marry a doctor or lawyer or be one. They can hire out for all their meals. They can be financially free. They just use their brains and their creativity, you know, and their power for connection and whatever it is. So for me, and it's they can been be heard. Yeah, they can be heard, right? We weren't even allowed to laugh out loud. You know, when I first heard that phrase, I was like, whoa laugh out loud. That's just crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And now I laugh all the time. All the time. So yes, all the time. Like I just love laughing, right? I think I saved it for my adulthood when I was with my friend. (laughs) But even with that, right, that we're able to just be ourselves and create success for other people and create a legacy of success for our children. You know, it Mm -hmm. just feels like how just by being me, you know, in this different light, it just feels crazy. So for me, success means getting to be me, impacting others and changing what my children are going to be able to do. Awesome. Awesome. And now you sort of touched on it a little bit, uh, Mina, when you said, you know, kids, you know, both of you are parents, you know, and I'm, I'm a parent as well. So, I mean, the world is rapidly changing and will continue to change. As parents yourself, what values I guess, do you think are important to instill in our kids these days to give them that, you know, that competitive edge? Great question. Um, I'm dealing with a five-year-old right now that's <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely sort of challenging me and um, working because we work from home and our kids would normally be at school and they wouldn't feel that sort of pull between between the two. But um, for one, for me and my husband as well, is that we believe in working hard. It doesn't mean, it, it, it's not that we're always looking for hard work. It's not always that you're looking at the hustle, but if you're going to commit to something, especially him and I, we, we have... Um, creative talent that we were able to then also turn into our careers. Um, So it's finding the thing that they love to do without, like Mina said, the expectations of being a doctor or a lawyer, it's what I'd really like them to do is find something they're passionate about and see how they can turn that into a career, whatever that is. Um, But also working hard at that. Um, I think having a respect for, for money, like money earned and money saved and knowing what to do with their money. I think that was something that we didn't like they stopped doing home ec, you know, in school where it was like balancing checkbooks and, you know, parents age, they did things like that. So really having the understanding of that and the value of it. And yeah, for me, it's following passion and being able to turn that into, into a career. Totally agree. Yeah. I think for me, because I have two girls and one of them, they could not, I mean, they're just, they could not be more different. And so I always remind them that everybody is good at their own thing 
and nobody is good at everything. Right. So it's like, they almost have this internal, like my older one, she's just so responsible and she's (laughs) like very book smart and just so, you know, like different. And then my, my younger one is just my wild child. And she will just, she's fearless. And I call her my spirit animal. She's just, you know, but she definitely speaks her mind. She's bold. She is a great connector. She makes friends anywhere she goes. My older one, I had to teach her how to introduce herself and make friends, right? So mm-hmm. they're just different. And so I have to constantly remind them that you ha- you're good at your own things. Everybody's good at their own things. And there's not one person that knows everything or knows how to do everything. And so I think that's the thing that I want to leave with them is that, you know, it's just, it takes teamwork in anything you do, even when you're married, right? Teamwork Mm -hmm. makes the dream work, even when you're just a married couple, because it's like, it's never just you learning how to do all the things. It's you figuring out how to do it with other people, even when it's as little as a, a nucleus household, you know? And so it's been a learning experience for all of us, for sure. Um, but I would say that that's kind of what we tried to instill in them. Ah, nice, nice. So how do you, how do both of you pull it all together? You know, juggling family, life and business and personal time. (laughs) Two businesses each. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do our best, you know, uh, we, we laugh a ton. Like one of the things that we really noticed that people really liked about us is that we were real about certain things, but we didn't take ourselves very, we don't take ourselves very seriously. Jacqueline and I very much enjoy each other's companies and there's nobody that can balance all the things. So sometimes we have bad days. Sometimes our kids have bad days. Sometimes our spouses have bad days and we just get through it. And we still enjoy each other's company as far as like, okay, you know, Mina needs a minute for this or whatever else. And we just build that around our lives. One and thing I do want to be better about is taking care of myself. So, so. <laughs> that's always last <laughs> on our list. I mean, yeah. um, yeah. And I would say, you know, the thing it's funny because both of us, when we met, we had our other businesses, which were four days a week. And then the product boss was one day and now it's mm-hmm. flipped um, where our other businesses, you know, we really have to carve out time for those. One thing I think is bucketing our time and it's, and it doesn't, it has to flex, you know, it, it's not something that you can keep the same way. So if we're in launch or something big is happening, our families know, because right now neither of us are using babysitters. It's just our husbands, bless their hearts, taking care of our kids. <laughs> the, the dad, the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. um, I always tell my husband, you're not a babysitter if you're the dad, but um, that's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You're not like, you don't get to, you don't it's get like, to call close the it. door. Good luck. <laughs> so, you know, we've been operating from home and our kids have been home um, with us and we've been homeschooling them as well. And so I think it's, it's, having those boundaries around our time, we've been getting really bucketed with like what hours we're available front facing for our team, for our community. Um, Then really being very focused with that time that we take off, that we do give it to our families. Also, we need to do the same thing with our other businesses that we have to block that time in. And we've started recently, um, our team is putting in um, lunch and walk or walk and talks, right? Because <laughs> yeah. we're like, we need to eat. That's one thing we need to do. Because we, me and I will go through an entire day and not eat. We um, love and then to if work we, though. <laughs> and we like to talk to each other. So instead, if we could take a walk and we're active and we're on the phone together, flushing through ideas or working, you know, we just got off a business call um, that we're able to do that. So I think 
I think that the main thing to tell everybody is like, it's not ever perfectly balanced. You know, it's sometimes it is a seesaw one's up, one's down and that's okay. Cause it's not permanent. It's a season. And sometimes it will, it will feel in sync. You might find that and it might be temporary, but you'll have it when you have it. So I think it's just a lot still giving yourself grace as you try and do all the things. All right, excellent. Excellent. So Jacqueline and Mina, if you were starting a business right now, what problem would you be setting out to solve and why? Oh, good question. I was starting at my third business tag. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I, um, do you have an I idea? Think, okay. Well, I mean, like, we always come up with ideas, you and I. I right. think that. I think actually kind of talking a little bit about if I could, does it have to be our own business or like helping uh, someone? No, sort of no. Can, okay. can be helping someone. Yep. So my husband, he's mm. again, he's an actor, Broadway shut down. Um, and I've talked to him about potentially him coaching or modeling for men and dads like yourself, how dads can be balanced. So there's all these like mom groups, mom entrepreneur, like mom yes. millionaire things. Um, and when you look at to the, the, the male version of this, they're either like full on business. Sometimes we call them the bro marketers. You know, there's like the, the you know, they've got, who knows Not where their children tech. are. <laughs> yeah. We don't know where their kids what? are. What? If they have kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, have, they have Lamborghinis behind them. There's that uh-huh. version, right? And they're like, this yes. is my ideal morning. And it's so perfect. And I'm always like, where are the children? Are their wives taking care of them? Like who's doing it? Yeah. And so I think it's that balance of, of, of having, um, male representation of that balance too, right? Of a dad that's part of their family as well as that can have an ideal morning that can still take care of themselves, that can run their own businesses. And it really is a real, a real guy for 2021. So mm. I think I've talked to my husband a lot about that. He's definitely not a coach, but I'm like, this is what, this is what you need. <laughs> you need somebody who would teach you that. I agree. I agree. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually interpreted that question differently. Um, so for me, I feel like when I did start my business, low labels, I started with the problem, right? I started with, mm-hmm. oh, I want to fix this time saving, you know, time uh, every morning you have to label your bottles for daycare. And I was solving a problem. Well, with that, I produced a product and brought it to market. And it was great because I'm starting to attract the same people that need that problem as well. Mm-hmm. The thing with how big we're growing the product boss is that I realized that I probably, if I were to start a business, I would start with the person I want to attract. So instead of starting with this problem, it's more like the person, you know, in this case, it's the person that needs to juggle all things that wants to have a full-time business that um, is building a product and we're building that. So now we are building that. So when I think about like starting a business, well, I feel like I make the decision every week, I feel like of what is it that I would do if I was starting a business? Because it's like, oh, I'm working with all these different um, businesses. But I do think that when you start off, you don't realize that you attract certain people to you. And so there's a certain person that comes with every problem, right? So for me, I do attract, for instance, for the labels, a section of clientele that is willing to pay for convenience. For example, they also are not, they don't care about customization, right? They might have two kids and they're like, oh, I'll just write it really quick. They don't 
you know, they don't have the embroidered shirts or they're not very Instagrammable in certain ways. So certain things, right? Yeah. So when you're attracting those people, I think you have to ultimately think of about, okay, I want to attract this specific person because even as I started this podcast, in this case, I really, I push for myself and Jacqueline, we attract non-startup people. Because yeah. I prefer non-startup people. But mm-hmm. Jacqueline's zone of genius is, yeah. is startup. Mm-hmm. So we balance that out, right? And so when we were starting the business, the product boss, we coached whoever. It wasn't until later on that I realized that I don't love working in startup because it the mind shifts that have to happen, the money, everything, it feels harder and it yeah. feels like a big pull energy-wise for me, but not for Jacqueline. Right. So mm-hmm. I would say, I don't know how to best answer that question as far as like business idea, but I would say that I would approach it differently than I have before. I would start with Definitely. the person. Mm-hmm. That's why you guys work so well together. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is. <laughs> yeah. So what is exciting for the product boss at the moment? And, and, and what are you doing, you know, to position yourself moving forward in this ever changing world? Great question. You know, we're definitely trying to take, um, become thought leaders in this space and be more well known. Um, There's not a lot of reasons. A lot of times, like, you know, you said we're top ranked in marketing podcasts. There aren't other product, you know, podcasts in there in in the top charts where we are. Um, But, and those people that are, that are above us and below us don't necessarily need to know about us yet. Right. Cause a fraction of their customers or their community aren't, are probably product and they're not even thinking that they need to be met. So I think one thing for us is really, Growing our visibility, networking. We're on Clubhouse. Have you joined Clubhouse yet? No, I haven't. Okay, we'll talk about that. No, I have. I think my wife created an account for me. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing I'm loving about Clubhouse is this new social platform. If people don't know, just Google it. um, Mm -hmm. Is is the connections and the networking, which we're missing. We're not able to travel to all the places that we would network and be known. And 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 so we're working on press. Like we have a feature coming out in Forbes, and and you know being on your podcast, and really I think a visibility growth. Also, we are looking to up level our coaching, our masterminds right now with our product-based business owners. We're creating this bigger program right now because what we're seeing is even those who have joined our, our you know, we have a signature course, they're, they're having breakthrough years. I mean, 2020 was very good for a lot of product-based businesses online. And we want to continue to support them and, and also make them millionaires, right? We want them to crash through um, their own glass ceilings that they're creating for themselves. So I think it's also that awareness is going to bring more people in that we can impact more. Um, and then through this other program, program that we are launching, which is like a, a higher level mastermind. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which sort of, um, I think you touched on this a little bit when you mentioned legacy, you know, mm-hmm. so what is your legacy? I mean, what is the product boss legacy? What do you want the product boss to be remembered for? I think one of the things, and it, it, I was thinking about it already when you asked what we're excited about, the thing that mm. I'm really excited about is this big platform that we're creating that normalizes certain things. Women talking about numbers. We also are very, we uh, have a really inclusive and diverse lineup of um, podcasts and yes. uh, normalizing, you know, shopping from black owned businesses, you know, things that it, it will eventually evolve into something that just feels very normal you know? And so another thing too, is that people are really intrigued by myself and Jacqueline, a female partnership. They almost 
want us to fight each other. You know, like (laughs) there's this competitive nature that happens among women leaders that I would love to just disrupt and be like, we get along, we enjoy each other. We're, we're companions for life. And I Mm -hmm. would love to normalize that concept as well is that women don't have to be in competition with each other and they can make as much money as men and they can break each other's glass ceilings Mm -hmm. and, you know, they can talk numbers and it's just a normal thing you know, everybody has their own idea of success. So there's certain things that I'm super excited for. I feel like that is my legacy is just normalizing certain things that didn't feel normal before, but in a way that we worked really hard. And one of the biggest benefits we have is a big platform. And what can we use to do that? And usually it's sharing the mic or it's casting um, normalcy on things that are like, maybe not spoken a lot about or or whatever it is, uh, like numbers and women, especially in different cultures or whatever it is. But I would love that. I think that's the legacy I would love to leave. Oh, excellent. Leave. Love it. Love it. I've just got a couple more questions uh, before we wrap up, um, Jacqueline and Mina. And the next two questions is more of a fun type of question. Which, and I just love the responses I get. And And the first one is, you know, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it would say, let's see here. I think it for me, it would be us laughing over coffee. <laughs> um, like the two of us laughing over coffee and saying, like, let's chat business. I think, I think showing women wanting to talk business, it's not about gossip. It's not about, you know, like kind of what Mina's saying, it's not about entertainment, but it's actually like sitting down around a table together, openly sharing over coffee, which is something that we love and showing that it can be fun. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super similar. I thought it yep. was going to be for the, for life. So mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about business. <laughs> the thing that first popped into my head is anything is possible. It was uh, one of those yes. things that this year has really taught us is that, you know, anything is possible in a bad way, but anything is possible in a good way too. When the inauguration happened, um, I, you know, one of my, my husband said, you know, I was like, I was telling my girls, this is the first time we've ever had a female VP, right? (laughs) And it was super exciting. And he was like, no matter, you know, what your politics are, that was the first time that has happened. And he was like, yeah, girls, anything is possible. And I was like giddy that day. They were brushing their teeth and I was like, anything's possible, girls. And then they're getting their clothes right. Anything's possible, girls. It was like, what? That day was about anything is possible. And it was Actually, everything I had wanted to teach them in that day, I feel like that they can do anything they want. So a big billboard that says anything is possible would be perfect. Love it. Love it. And now what superpower do you wish you had and why? Oh, I thought of this before. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's cloning myself. Um, oh, I thought it was for life again. So um, I still need it. Children, <laughs> both kids could get two of me. It'd be great. Uh-huh. Mine is, um, I wish I could speak every language. I, I think that's there's lots of times, like even when I am around elders and things like that, I wish I could speak Lao and Thai and Vietnamese and Thai Nam and, you know, even in that scope. To, but mm-hmm. to broaden up even bigger and to be worldly of it, I think that yeah. that would be amazing because you could connect so many different people. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, you know, my family ended up in Iowa, for example, was because a woman at a church spoke French and my grandpa spoke French from being in the, you know, French war. And then uh, for fighting for the French came together in Iowa. It wasn't because they oh. spoke English. So there's yeah. this thing with language of 
connection that, you know, you end up in different places in the world because of it. And so I thought that that would be a beautiful gift to be able to speak whatever language. Nah, awesome. Awesome. Totally remarkable. Um, unfortunately, we have to work uh, towards wrapping up, uh, ladies, but, and super mindful of your time. You know, phenomenal shares and words of wisdom. Really appreciate your authenticity and willingness to share. I just have two final questions. Um, first is where can people find out more about yourself and the product boss? Thanks. That's a great question. So we are at the product boss on all social media handles, um, theproductboss.com. If you're listening to this podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's the product boss podcast. Also, as we mentioned, shop one in five, you would head to www.shop5.com and the Instagram handle there is at shop one in five. Excellent. And for our listeners, I'll put those in the show notes. And secondly, what parting words of wisdom do you like to impart for our listeners? I'll take it first part because Mina's really been showing me up on these. I'm like, I'll put myself. I'm like literally bug-eyed. Like these are really hard questions. And you're so deep and like worldly. No, um, I would say that there's room at the top for all of us. We end all of our presentations in that, but I, I, you know, we say to candle companies, there's room at the top for even your competitors and for you as well. So to remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, parting words. I would just say that I want to maybe leave it at this quote that I really love. And that's, uh, don't be afraid to go out on, on a limb. That's where the fruit is, right? So much of us are, so much of us, we're scared of certain things. We're not afraid. We're afraid to put ourselves out there to go out on the limb, but that's truly where the fruit is. Unless mm. you push yourself out of your comfort zone or you, you know, meet different people or whatever, show yourself on video, whatever that version of scary is for you, you'll always just be in your bubble, right? You only know what you know, but if you push yourself a little, who knows what could happen, right? Um, You could change your entire life in a moment. Awesome. Awesome. Incredible insights and learnings. You know, it will be great to catch up in person one day when, uh, planes start flying a little bit more regularly and uh, thanks again Jacqueline and Mina really appreciate your time uh, stay well be well and uh, take care thank, thank you. you so much Zach all right I hope you've enjoyed this podcast you can find me at turn-x.com and also on social media at I'm.tackley thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode thank you for being here and listening all the way through the product boss podcast If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. Hey, friend. 
Are you ready to become the visionary of your business? Are you ready to multiply your money to get to your first 100K or your next 100K and really discover the joys of profit? Are you ready to stabilize your systems to really take advantage of all the opportunities that are coming your way? Are you ready to hire your dream team so you can step into the role of chief visionary and finally stop being the bottleneck of your business? Are you ready to increase your confidence in your decision-making, your sales, and become recognized as a leader in your industry? Are you ready to take the vacation of your dreams, live the life that you want, all while knowing your business is running smoothly in the background. Imagine where you could be in three months, six months, or 12 months if you went all in on your business now. Would you take the leap? Take the leap, friend. Applications are now open for the Product Boss Mastermind. We're looking for serious product-based business owners who are ready to grow into six or seven figure product-based businesses. The mastermind is designed to facilitate a breakthrough year in your business and life through coaching, connections, and true mastermind. This means you never have to make a decision alone again, and you're surrounding yourself with fellow high-level product business owners that get it, and they are taking action. So go to theproductbossmastermind.com to submit your application. Spots are very limited, and let's get started building your dream life.